This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Not feeling the sense of doom and gloom. If that's whistling past the graveyard or uh, forestalling the inevitable, some of the health people are uh, saying this is going to get worse before it gets better. And uh, against that backdrop, we've had government responses. We've seen Donald Trump earlier this afternoon from the White House and uh, his emergency plan that he announced, the national emergency he called, uh, and access to $50 billion for states and localities, primarily to fight it on a health front. Uh, Now, here in this country, Bill Morneau, the finance minister, announced uh, a $10 billion package, calling it uh, the Credit Facility Program for Small Businesses. Let's find out uh, exactly what this means before we get to our panel, uh, who is handling this in an appropriate fashion where we may be falling short. We're joined on the line by John Capobianco, the senior VP, senior partner, and national practice lead for public affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. John, how are you doing this afternoon? I, I'm doing well, considering, John. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, considering what? Uh, you're not infected, are you? No, not infected. In fact, I'm still at the office here working away, although there is a, a fewer amount of people in my office today, I must say. Yeah, how does that work? I mean, you know, a lot of people, people in offices who uh, have to manage and whatever, have to make a call as to whether people are going to work from home. Uh, are they still, you know, coming into the office, you know, despite maybe the apprehensions of some of their coworkers? Who makes that decision? Well, that's exactly it, John. It's, it's, it's based on sort of people's anxiety levels. And, and, you know, of course, it's made it a little bit more uh, complicated in the fact that, you know, we've got March break coming up next week. And uh, and a lot of folks had already planned vacations and whatnot. A lot of them had to cancel vacations. In fact, probably most of them canceled vacations. But it usually comes from an our, a case of our firm. We're owned by an American. So they uh, they would give us a, a, a sort of a, an edict to say, you know, here's what you should do and what you can do. and Here's what the protocols we've been on uh, our, ourselves here in Canada. We've been on daily phone calls uh, with our team just to make sure that we've got the right protocols in place in case there is someone that tests positive with the coronavirus, uh, what to do, what we need to do, who we need to inform, uh, and office closures and that kind of stuff. But right now, what we've been able to tell our employees is simply, look, if you don't feel, uh, um, you know, that you have to take the TTC to work and you don't feel that it's appropriate or you're worried about it, then just work from home. And in our world, uh, working from home is more and more, um, you know, things that people do probably more regularly than they would in the past. You know, it's interesting you say that because I think some of the uh, outcome from this whole ordeal is going to be that habits will change and uh, the working from home may become more of a practice if it's, you know, instilled uh, the habitual thing because uh, out of necessity now for some people, you know, even the online learning thing, uh, I think that's somewhat ironic, you know, where the teachers unions were fussing over that and Lecce stood down on that, took that off the table. Looks like uh, you better get prepared, kids, because that's the wave of the future, too, isn't it? Well, in fact, I've had a number of people say to me that, isn't it interesting that, that you know, all of the complaints about the e-learning from the unions, and all of a sudden now people are saying, well, boy, isn't it great if my kid was able to learn or do some schooling from uh, on an e-learning basis and not be in school, given the fact that schools are now been closed here in the province uh, uh, for about two weeks post, uh, post-March break. So we're looking at probably early April when they're going back to school. But I do think, though, you know, we've learned a lot, this this country certainly, I think globally as well, but certainly this country has learned a lot from SARS. Uh, 
back in early 2000 and, and some of the lessons that we were not, uh, more unprepared, I guess, then than we are now. Uh, although, you know, this is a kind of crisis, John, that sort of, you know, is evolving, unlike any sort of natural disaster which uh, befells a state or, or a country. You know, you, you, so the damage is done, then you can assess it sort of the next day and the day after, and you can sort of deal with it from that perspective. Whereas this is a sort of an ongoing, evolving situation where, you know, every day there seems to be something coming up. And yesterday seemed to be this, this massive day of cancellations uh, from sports to, to uh, schools to, you know, uh, universities shutting down. Um, it was a traumatic day yesterday for a lot of people and businesses, not least of which, of course, you know, the stock market took a huge hit uh, here and, uh, and in the U.S., which, uh, which affects everyone. Yeah, the dramatic response is really a signal that there were a lot of people, uh, I'm guessing, taking it under advisement from the local health authorities. Uh, they wanted to get out in front of this thing. Now, uh, it may be late in the day in certain instances. I mean, when our own response was, you know, we're still welcoming international flights, although the government was saying earlier today uh, they're going to try to limit the number of airports so we can winnow it down to a manageable, I don't know, uh, entry points. Uh, Ports of call, any ship with more than 500 people can't dock in Canadian waters uh, until at least July. And yet, you know, uh, in America, I know Trump effected a ban on travelers from China right off the hop, and he got criticized for that. Now he banned all travel from Europe two nights back. Now he's also upped the ante by saying uh, anybody who comes in uh, from Europe, if they've been there in the last 14 days, they're going to be barred entry. U.S. citizens and family are going to be screened upon return. Uh, we're a little more lax in that regard, and I'm wondering, you know, that might have implications for how they see border control with Canadian travelers going stateside. But just in general, do you think we should have been as draconian as them? Well, you know what? I don't know if we should have been early on, as because of course Canada sort of laggard behind most of the other countries around the world on this. And 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 say what you will about the president Trump, um, you know whether you like you like him or not, or whoever you feel about him, I actually think he doesn't get enough credit for the fact that he was early on putting on a travel ban and and uh, realized I think early on I guess when they did the chronology of of the date of the timing when he actually you know stopped the travel or didn't didn't allow folks from from other countries from Asia I would imagine or from China. Um, I think he actually stopped this from spreading a lot sooner uh, and made it probably less uh, as uh, impactful as um, as people think. So I think there's a lot of to be said there. You, you hear you know reports from both the Republicans and Democrats on that, but I do think that that early. Um, decision that he made probably helped the states in some ways. But here in Canada, I would imagine that, you know, we, we still have, I think, 157 cases as of as of today. Uh, and obviously, as, as testings, testings happen, that'll probably grow a bit more. But, you know, in consideration of other countries, I don't think we're getting hit as much as hearts. But, but having said that, I think our federal government and certainly our provincial governments have done a pretty decent job in, in a couple of ways, and that is the transparency of it. And in any crisis, the key thing is to be out they're fast, uh, you know, acknowledge the situation, be transparent, uh, and speak the truth, no matter what it is. Um, uh, and I think our government, certainly the Prime Minister has done that over the course of the last little while. Um, I'm finally glad to see some stimulus coming in, uh, that, as, we, as you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, John, as far as the $10 billion for, uh, for the businesses. Um, and even the provinces have been, have been almost on a daily basis, certainly here in Ontario, you know, identifying if there's a positive testing or a positive case, where it's from, uh, what they're going to do from a health perspective, from a business perspective. I think all of that has been helpful uh, in some ways in making people a little bit more calmer, certainly here in Canada. 
John Capobianco is with us. Uh, he's a senior VP and senior partner and national practice lead in public affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. Uh, as a rule, he joins us Fridays on the panel. We've got the panel coming up. It'll only be two, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo and Michael Giles. But right now with John, uh, on other matters or aspects of these programs that uh, both governments have effectively put in place here. Uh, Donald Trump earlier today, as we say, uh, he declared a national emergency and allocated $50 billion, but this is primarily for health care. Uh, and yet Bill Morneau with the $10 billion here, uh, the credit facility program. John, any idea how you disperse that to small businesses that would be feeling the impact of this, the economic yeah. shock? And that's where I think the uh, that's where the challenge is going to be. I think John, quite frankly, is how's that's going to happen. I think he's doing it through the economic development uh, bank and and other other sort of business channels where most businesses would have relationships with and and would be able to sort of go to them and say, look, here's uh, some sort of application that they have to fill out or uh, and and sort of you know dictate or at least show uh, some of the hardships that they've had as a result of this and and be able to get some money. I I think that's that's one of the key things, but that'll get evolved uh, and resolved over the course of the next little bit. I I just think that businesses knowing that there's a fund out there that they can kind of draw from if they're experiencing, and I would imagine restaurants, uh, you know, or any retail store for sure, uh, other than shopping and shopping centers, or I should say maybe grocery stores, who are, where there's obviously large groupings of people still still going to get their materials. But other than that, everything else seems to be really. I was at a restaurant the other day, John, and it was like half full, and it's usually packed at the time that I went. So there's going to be some some obviously determining what what levels, uh, which businesses are going to need the money if it's sector related versus um, individual businesses. I think that'll all be uh, drawn out over the course of the next little bit. Yeah, I was talking earlier to uh, the CEO of the Travel Industry Council of Ontario. Very, very hard hit, needless to say. And uh, he was hoping to draw off this fund as well. And they were examining the details on that, the $10 billion just announced earlier today by the finance minister, uh, Bill Morneau. Still with John Capobianco, a few moments here. I've got to ask you, the government response. Now, I mentioned Donald Trump, the $50 million, or billion rather, that uh, have been allocated then for uh, health assistance. Uh, here in Ontario and uh, the rest of Canada, we're just wondering if we've got the adequate resources to address this. And I was just speculating aloud earlier that uh, maybe it's proven that we need uh, a sort of a, a parallel uh, adjunct to the system. That would be the private industry because privates have come to the fore with testing and uh, all these other things available to people, say, with, uh, you know, MedCan or uh, the Cleveland Clinic and things like that. And uh, if capacity is overwhelmed, uh, don't we need maybe... Uh, some some kind of a spillover, as I say, uh, an adjunct to our health care system, the public system? Well, yeah, and I think that's one of the things that, that certainly the Minister of Health, um, Christine Elliott, has been speaking to and speaking about over the course of the last week, uh, certainly as this uh, issues, uh, this crisis has been evolving. I think she's trying to make some some money available and, and spaces available for hospitals, and also monitoring to make sure that that folks who don't need to go to emergency rooms, like sort of just the more educational side of things as well. So the more the more people are informed, the better they are to to deal with these kinds of issues. But as far as what what the province has done, John, I think you know, given I think they've sort of mentioned a hundred million dollar contingency fund, um, and also trying to sort of increase new assessment centers and increase testing capacity and those kinds of things that's sort of you know real live issues that are that are going to be helpful uh, in times of this you know just making sure there's money out there uh, for those who are being affected both businesses and individuals quite frankly uh, and also the healthcare system to ensure that and at least give confidence uh, to to citizens that that if something happens the hospitals and the healthcare can 
have the capacity to uh, to deal with this crisis. And I think that you know certainly in Ontario there doesn't seem to be an issue just yet. You know again this thing evolves on a daily basis, but to date I think most people are comfortable with how things are evolving. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, on the economic front, Bank of Canada dropped interest rates. Uh, three quarters of a point is where it stands now, 50 basis points down uh, today to 0.75. And uh, it was 50 basis points last week. There's talk of uh, maybe more to come. I mean, uh, money's going to be super cheap again, back to those heady days in the uh, post-recession of 08, 09. Is there going to be a risk inherent in that, do you think, John? Well, there there is, depending on how long that goes. Um, you know, I think people are also seeing gas prices at 90 cents now. And, oh, and, lower, uh, even lower. Even lower in some cases. I, I filled up yesterday with 94 cents, I think it was. But nonetheless, I think, John, it, it's the kind of stuff that if the longer this goes, um, the more problematic it can be and the more strain on the system, and that's going to affect everybody and, and the businesses. And the government can only give so much, and, and people are expecting governments to give money at times like this. Um, but it's it's how long does this go? How much money can they give? And then more, more importantly, what's the recovery strategy after that? Well, that is the question. I mean, obviously, uh, we're all speculating wildly, staring into the abyss. We don't know uh, where this That's is all right. going. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can round the corner, flatten the curve, as they say, uh, because all of these preemptive measures that people are being subjected to and, you know, with the self-isolation and uh, not yep. a lot of social contact and all that, these are containment and mitigating uh, factors in the equation. Hopefully it does pan out for us sooner rather than later. John, I appreciate your weighing in as always. We'll see you next Friday. Sounds good, John. Thanks so much. You got a John Capobianco, again, National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.